from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Let's get it. NC State's on the road tonight, coming off of a 30-point win over Boston College. They face Syracuse, another Big East expatriate. 7 o'clock, ACC Network. If I told you that Syracuse had a winning record in the ACC, you would say... Yes. 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 8-6 and six in the league. They've truly beaten up on the dregs of the ACC, though. Somebody has to. They do. Wins over Boston College twice, Notre Dame twice, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Louisville. You name it. If they're in the bottom of the league, Syracuse has beaten them. NC State trying to avoid becoming, along with Virginia Tech, one of the only good teams Syracuse has beaten this year. This was the stretch for the Wolfpack that I was most curious about. Losing at Virginia. So this three-game road stretch. Losing at Virginia while frustrating for the Wolfpack. And how it unfolded. In and of itself, not a big deal. Right. It was going at the Boston College, which can sometimes be a dangerous place to play because there's no energy there. Especially for State. And then this game at Syracuse, to your point, their record is what it is because they've done the one thing consistently, beat up on the bottom half. State's not a bottom half team. They're not a top-tier ACC team, but they're not a bottom half. They should beat Syracuse. They're also a team that can shoot the ball, so that should help them. You know me, though. I, I get terrified. After you win by 30, you start thinking the world's easy. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of saw this. They 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 smashed Florida State at PNC. Georgia Tech comes to town. You think, ah, Georgia Tech's not any good. They'll just blast them, too. Not so fast. They had a dogfight with them. I expect tonight's game to be a dogfight. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. It's like every day we get more information regarding the stadium series game, Carter-Finley Stadium, on Saturday with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals. Uh, A bit of unfortunate news, and hopefully everything works out okay for Alex Ovechkin. The Capitals star was announced today that he left the Washington Capitals while attending to, quote, a family matter and the health of a loved one. Peter LaViolette, the head coach of the Washington Capitals, former coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, said, I don't see him back in the foreseeable future. So if Ovechkin is out for the rest of the week, he'd miss tonight's game against the Carolina Hurricanes and then obviously Saturday's Stadium Series outdoor game at Carter-Finley Stadium. Hopefully everything is okay and he'll be back in the lineup relatively soon. Um, As far as the Stadium Series is concerned, the weather continues to look pretty damn good for Saturday. Over at WREL, got a high of 53, low of 35, mostly clear, 0% chance of rain. I saw Elizabeth Gardner on television earlier today pointing out that it's going to be in the 40s by game time around 8 o'clock. So bundle up, Joe. I'm ready. No weak sauce. No weak sauce on Saturday. They also announced some of the performers. So we know that Hootie and the Blowfish has a concert at PNC Arena on Friday. A lot of speculation that maybe Darius Rucker's sticking around. He'll sing Wagon Wheel or whatever. No, not happening. Scotty McCreary, my understanding, will be at the game. He's not performing. But we are getting country. We're getting Jake Owen. Who I looked on Wikipedia to see if there's some sort of North Carolina tie with Jake Owen. No, he's from Vero Beach, Florida. Okay. He's got a couple hits. Apparently, it's something called Tiki Tonk. 
Do I have that right? That's the genre, Tiki Talk? I, I had this first time hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, in the press release, it was about kind of get going into the aesthetics. Now, people can roll their yeah, eyes all they Kenny want. There's some Kenny Chesney. There's yeah. some Jimmy Buffett. Look, Kelly and I were actually talking about this today. It's not our genre of choice, but we do know a lot of people who will crush a show at Walnut Creek that's country. You know, I'm sitting here making fun of Tiki Talk. You know what traditionally sells out at, Carter fin- at, uh, at Walnut Creek? Jimmy Buffett. People lose their minds for Jimmy Buffett. So if this bro beach country stuff is the thing, that's fine. Whatever. The NHL is the one who's in charge of it, and who knows who they can get and who they can't get. Uh, another group called Lovely the Band, they're an alt-rock band. They're playing the pregame. Okay. Cool. This is where we as local citizens start getting a little annoyed because we think of the possibilities of what could be. But we then get hit with the reality of logistics and what the NHL thinks of this market. It'll still be a good time, and I'm looking forward to Saturday regardless because it's about the spectacle of it all at the end of the day. Next up. One, two, three. Derek Carr has been released by the Las Vegas Raiders, and this situation has played out exactly as I told you yeah, it would play out. You're this right. Is, this was a game of chicken because while the – Raiders basically sent Carr home for the last two weeks of the regular season. It was also incumbent upon them to cut him by tomorrow because it will save them $41 million. So now they're off the hook for that. And also their cap hit for next year for him is only $5 million, which now gives them $30 million in cap space, Joe. So this comes to a logical conclusion. The only only question now is where does Derek Carr end up playing next year? Because only the Saints were interested in trading for him. Mm-hmm. But that's just because teams knew they were not going to have to deal with the Raiders. Yes. So, what is Derek Carr on the open market? Uh, of the free agents that are out there, what, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of them uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. We also know that things can get interesting with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Could they franchise tag him? Yeah, but they also risk the possibility of Lamar Jackson not playing football next year if they franchise tag him. So do they trade him? I don't know. We shall see. So it's going to be a really interesting quarterback shuffle this offseason. And if we know one thing about David Tepper, he has swung for the fences on prized quarterbacks. He was trying to get in on Matt Stafford. He ends up in L.A. He wins a Super Bowl. He wanted in on Deshaun Watson. Of course, we know how that played out. And he gets a guaranteed contract with the Cleveland Browns. Do they go in the Derek Carr direction to get a couple years out of him, or do they go for another bridge quarterback like a Jacoby Brissett, who has some familiarity with Frank Reich, the new head coach? Another thing to keep in mind with the Carolina Panthers, they announced today as they complete their staff, Jim Caldwell has joined the staff as like a senior special assistant. He's going to be involved with all aspects of the game, both offensive, defense, and special teams. And I bring this up because go look at the staff that Frank Reich is putting together as the head coach of the Panthers versus the staff that Matt Rule was trying to put together as a rookie head coach in the NFL. And I said this from the jump with the Carolina Panthers and the direction they were going to go in and why it made sense to hire Frank Reich. You go in the opposite direction of who you just fired. So that upstart college hot name, (laughs) no, not this go round. I need a guy who's seen a few things, and I need to bring some veteran stability. And you go look at that coaching staff and with the addition of Jim Caldwell. Yup, makes total sense. I'm not saying that it's a recipe for success. I'm just saying this is play out ex- playing out exactly as it typically does in the NFL. You just go and hire the opposite kind of regime 
that you just fired. So good for David Tepper for really sealing the deal on the kind of staff you can get by adding Jim Caldwell. Always good to have people around who've done it before, too. Yes. You know, Jim, you, Jim Caldwell's a good coach. You look at, and you now Frank Reich's 62, so it's not like he needs anyone's no. help at this point. No. But it's always good to have people who've done it before, who've sat in your chair and understand what you're going through. And obviously Matt Rule never did that. <laughs> Weird. You think maybe he wanted to do that, but he's uh, he'll be fine in Nebraska. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. <laughs> Are you ready for Ghost Man on second? Yes, we get our uh, Manford man still on second base in extra innings, right? Yeah, so it looks like it got standardized uh, yesterday. On Monday, the competition committee in Major League Baseball voted to permanently implement the rule that automatically places a runner at second at the beginning of every extra half inning in a regular season game. This obviously is intended to speed up baseball games, uh, and the intention to speed up baseball games is twofold. One, baseball games are untimed. Let's wrap this. They need to wrap it up box. Let's go. Let's go. And, of course, the ever-encompassing blanket of player safety. Longer games, more wear and tear. Baseball plays 162 games in the year. Let's try to cut back on that. That's what they're trying to do in terms of fatigue and wear and tear for baseball players. You know me. I wish they'd play seven inning games. So I, I like the Manfred rule. It's the regular season. People need to relax over the the ghost runner stuff. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that too. I, I just want to make sure that they call it the ghost runner though. And I want That would be funny though. No, there's a guy there, you just can't see him. It's that's what runner. I want. Yeah. That's 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 the thing that I I feel like that is the misstep here. If we're going to go with the ghost runner concept, I don't need you putting an actual human on second base. It, it also should be like you truly are playing out in the street or in yeah. your backyard. Oh, Joey's got to go to Joey's got to go home. He's got dinner. Mm-hmm. So you start taking people off the field the more the innings go. Makes sense to me. Ghost runners and fewer people in the field. Hey, look, if we go to overtime in the NHL and they take players off the ice, yeah. why can't we do the same thing with baseball players? Let's wrap this thing up. And as far as the ghost man's concerned, I want the pitcher before every new batter to yell, all right, ghost man's over on third. He made, he made it to third. That's what I want. And I bet you ratings go up. Uh, double play. Can you always assume the double play <laughs> with a ghost man? It's the opposite of the official scoring. Next up. What's up with the Tar Heels? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. We'll get to that next. I'm sitting outside my Civic, beer in my hand, watching the Carolina Hurricanes Ooh. take command. I got to work in my country down, And the air is just right. <laughs> Perfect pair of jeans. Feeling good tonight. Is the bro country song I used Never chat GPT grow for? Up, just wanna hang out with my bros and my neighbor Sebastian. I hope no doubt. I nailed that part. Ladies looking good, beers ice cold. This night's gonna be the one to behold. <laughs> I never wanna grow up, just wanna hang out. With my bros and my neighbor Sebastian, I hope no doubt. Yeah, the only no, thing no, I was missing from bro, yeah, the only thing I was missing from the bro country is I needed like that fake laugh thrown in there, like the, huh. you know, like I just amused myself. Like, yeah, man, remember those times? <laughs> yeah, man, oh man, hell yeah, brother, hell yeah. 
You could have Matt Rule <laughs> sing the bro code. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, I can definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Throw that in there. <laughs> Throw that. Actually, we needed a Matt Rule Jay Z inspired rap about needing seven years. Oh, we can make that happen. <laughs> Hey, you know we what? We can make <laughs> put that, that happen. Put, put, put the fake Matt rule out there for the Nebraska people to, to glom onto about how it's going to take seven years for them to actually do anything worth a damn at Nebraska. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. The only thing worse than my singing was the Carolina, the North Carolina Tar Heels last night in the second half. Uh, well, they were three point shooting anyway. Uh, the defense wasn't all that great either. I thought the game Fair. was there was there was a sequence there with about thirty seconds to go. Well, actually, no, it was before that. It was two twenty six because that's when people started to leave. It was about two yeah two twenty six left in the game. Um, Carolina did a decent enough job forcing Miami into a near shot clock violation. Ends up going out of bounds. They had two point two seconds left on the shot clock. And they inbounded the ball. They managed to hit the rim, resetting the clock. I forgot which Miami. I think it was Miller who rebounded it and put it back points. And it's like at that point, people went, all right, this game's over. A complete breakdown defensively there for the Tar Heels. So there was a lot of things that were going wrong for the Tar Heels last night. And now they're <laughs> the, the irony is that they look to Sunday's game against NC State really needing it. Now I I know how this is going to sound to some NC State fans out there, and I and and and, and if anything, it actually so stay is, at thirty six in the net. This is a Q one Q one win for or, or a Q one potential for uh, for the Tar Heels who are zero and nine in Q one opportunities thanks to Ohio State continuing to crap the bed. I think NC State fans will understand this when I say it. And NC State might be motivated, Terquavion Smith might be motivated to get some revenge on what happened in Chapel Hill. But I saw a lost season, the Cole Anthony year, and NC State gets swept by that team. And Cole didn't even play. Right. That was a lost season for the Tar Heels. And had it not been for the pandemic, they wouldn't have made the tournament. The NIT teams beat. Yeah. Was it 10? Yeah, 2010, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2010. They got swept that year, too. Yeah. So we've seen some... Some North Carolina teams just not really in their element yeah, beat and sweep NC State. So it's not a given on Sunday. And I think NC no, State fans understand that. It's also a tough matchup for State. It and, is. and for Burns. You know, I think that's the deal last night for Carolina's Baycott. You know, yes, four for 19 from Love and Davis is not going to cut it. But they also need more than 12 points from Baycott. And I know he had some foul issues. But I thought Miami purposefully doubled him. I thought Miami had the right game plan for him. And they basically said, all right, Carolina, the way you're going to have to beat us is by shooting the basketball. And again, four for 19 from your two best players. It's not going to get it done. And, you know, last year, obviously, they had Brady Manick. And I know people are probably tired of hearing about Brady Manick at this point, but how important he was. So if you're not going to have the third shooter, Joe, someone else has to step up. Yeah. Pete Nance over three last night, and Puff Johnson, the guy I've wanted to see more out of. I wanted to see get more of an opportunity. Nice. He goes over four last night yeah. from the three point line. So while they showed us who they could be against Clemson, that's also when they're running hot. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I mean, a lot of things happened right against a good team, mind you. But you're gonna have to, you have to repeat that. You can't just do it once. It's got to be over and over and over. And these are not and concepts. And but the thing is, and this is this is the maddening part. And I'm curious, for Hubert Davis's own sake, going forward, about a clean slate for the Tar Heels program and what Hubert Davis 
and what that program truly will look like under him. Because let's not forget that this core group, they're holdovers from the Roy Williams era. Sure. I think that's an important distinction here. What you're just illustrating, this that's not what this team should be trying to figure out. I mean, Hubert Davis talked about yeah, you know, no, pivots and going forward. It's too late. Well, not even is it too late in the year. Let's talk about Let's distinctions. Let's say two because there's still time left in this year, not okay. this late in the year. Okay. Because, again, last year, while there was a magic bullet, and yeah. you're, you're going to tell me the big difference here, which is important, mm-hmm. but last year they, they lose to Pitt. Mm-hmm. We sat here. I don't know if our, our studio was this fancy last it year. It wasn't this fancy last year. And we said. They have two opportunities left, Q1 mm-hmm. games. It's at Virginia Tech, who would turn out to be the ACC champions, and at Duke. Now, did I give them a great chance of winning both of those games? Absolutely not. Neither did I. But they won both of those games. They did. But they were also at a point in the season where even their own fans were kind of like, well, they got killed by Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They got killed by Kentucky. This team's not going. And they got killed by Duke mm-hmm. in the game in uh, the Smith Center. So it was this game. This team's not going anywhere. So with absolutely nothing left to lose, they go to Virginia Tech, play a great game, win. Go to Cameron, the rest is history. Um, so they do at least have two opportunities in the Virginia game at home yeah. and the Duke game to end the season to catapult themselves or to find that loving feeling. Okay. Because right now they are the Isley brothers between the sheets. So let's, let's all right, what, oh, wow, okay. Last year is a smaller sample size of a larger picture that we've seen of this group over the last three seasons. Number one. Number two, we got to stop talking about what happened last year because none of those parameters are available to them this year. There's no Certainly not the house money there's parameter. No, nobody's leaving the program to force a situation like a Brady Manic and then the Iron Five is born. And then, as you mentioned, there's no Coach K farewell we walk in with no pressure we're just ruining your part there's no pressure on us and that's why i get back to that concept of pressure last year they didn't have it not at that point they did not know this year from the jump from the moment they lost to kansas in the final in new orleans it's been the pressure to do what other carolina teams in similar situations have done run it back let's go and complete the deal not just run it back but complete the deal in november of this season, Hubert Davis was already talking about yellow flags. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. You talk about it's not too late. Well, with this group, I'm sitting here struggling. Don't they know that? When we talk about Duke, when we talk about NC State, there is a runway for them for a variety of reasons. Duke's easy to understand. New head coach with new players. There's barely any pieces from last year's team. And there's also been some stops and starts for key players like Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead. So and a we, spunky little group of all the program of all the programs. Little, little old Duke, <laughs> the little engine that could collar Duke, hand in the dirt Duke. That's what they are. I know. That's what they are. I've been trying to tell you that all season long. That's exactly what they are. Meanwhile, Kevin Keats is in the role that Steve Forbes was in last year at mm-hmm. Wake Forest, where you won in the transfer portal this year. Hit some home runs. But the group still is kind of complementing each other, and we don't know what NC State is capable of, right? We're still kind of figuring out State what, to a 30, certain extent. Yeah, the 30-point win over Boston College was really impressive. It was. But, again, new group, bringing in Jarkel Joyner. How is he going to play with oh, Jaquavion yeah. Smith? Been good. DJ Burns has been a revelation. 
the like the undisputed star of the season for NC State has made watching college basketball a hell of a lot of fun. Look, man, when we were leaving that Georgia Tech game, watching kids lose their minds because yep. they got DJ Burns' autograph. I mean, when was the last time Taking you saw pictures, that NC State? Yeah. Right? Kids like hype about state basketball. So that's good. That's not Carolina, though, man. That's not what Carolina season's been about. Carolina season's always been about running back, hammering teams in this league. Instead, they're just another nondescript ACC basketball program, or ACC basketball team like they were in 2021 and like they were for most of 2022 and what they're right now in 2023 without any of those other circumstances coming into play to help you out. So much of that is the pressure. You know, yep. you think about it. My The senior before my – the summer before my senior year, we played an a, we put an AAU team together. We went and played in this <laughs> tournament, right? Yeah. So we lose in, in where we were in northern New Jersey. The one, the first team, the very first team we played, were all the kids from St. Anthony's. Mm-hmm. Joe, it was it was on a small gym in Bayonne, and it was no lie. It had to be one twenty to thirty. The final score. Mm-hmm. We got we got demolished. Yeah. Okay. Because they pressed us, they did the whole thing. Now, the second best team in the tournament had played before us, all right? The next week, we ended up playing down at Kane College, again, on a full-size court now, okay? we, Me and a bunch of my friends, we hit a bunch of three-pointers at the start of that game. We're playing on a full-size college court. I think we were down six at the half, all right? Mm-hmm. The coach of the other team made the, made the players come out and run sprints, suicide sprints at mm-hmm. halftime. Because they weren't beating us at the same way that the other team had, just, you know, just murdered us the previous week, and that's what that's what this reminds me of. Like, it's not good enough to just win for Carolina this year. They can't just have fun. Like we were having fun firing off threes. Like we were the Loyola Marymount. This was the fall of nine, of summer of '92, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we were sitting here jacking up threes like we were running the uh, Paul Westhead offense. And the other team guy was so mad. They ended. They did end up winning by twenty. But it wasn't enough. And that's it for Carolina right now. It's, it's just not enough. They, and what is Hubert supposed to do? Have them run wind sprints? Yeah, after they can't beat, I, you know, Wake on the road? Yeah, you're too old for what that. What are you supposed to do? You're too old for that. Old what, I mean, what buttons can he push at this point? So you can sit here and say it is too late. And I would just say it, it is getting late in part because they still did it last year with those two opportunities. And that's if I'm Hubert, I'm looking at it and I'm going – all right, we uh, just like last year, we have two opportunities. Mm-hmm. Let's make the most of those. Actually, they have three, but let's make the most of that, those opportunities, and who knows what can happen if we just go out there and have fun and stop worrying about what we're supposed to be and just play. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is lovely the band. It is. That's what it was. Okay. Apparently they are also gonna perform at this outdoor game. Along with Jake Owen, who I had never heard of before today. But that's fine. I never heard of either of them. I am not the demographic for that. It's all good. We do th- we do this all the time when music acts come through. I remember a couple years ago, 
I want to say it was like Marianne Baldwin and some other people were announcing a big concert announcement. And then social media took over and they're naming all these, for lack of a better term, pitchfork bands, you know? And, you know, somebody they got like an 8.3 on pitchfork, like, oh, maybe they're coming and all sorts of stuff. Ended up being Billy Joel, which is not a bad show, but I'm just, it's like temper expectations with things. And we'll say this, though, about the Stadium Series game. Based on what I've seen from the renderings from yesterday, it looks like it's going to be cool. The weather's going to be great. It's going to be in the 40s by game time. It's going to be perfect tailgating conditions. That being said, and the folks that I've talked to related to the Stadium Series game, Joe, are all singing the same tune. The the rink's going to look great. There's going to be pretty good sight lines compared to other stadiums because Carter Finley is relatively small compared to, say, the big house, right? And it's not a baseball stadium. You know, like the one stadium series game that I went to was in, what, 2014 at Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium. And that was in the upper right field corner. That's not a good spot to watch a (laughs) hockey game. But that wasn't the point. The point was to see it, right? Which is what you've been saying. But my understanding is, and based on the pictures that I've seen, there's some pretty good sight lines at Carter-Finley Stadium, so that'll be a lot of fun. No, the concern for the Stadium Series game is going to be parking. Not just getting there, but probably getting out too. Well, also important to note right now, you can't park unless you have already paid for parking. Mm-hmm. So don't pull up to the stadium and be like, I'm going to pay for parking. <laughs> like, it's hey, not going to work. No, you gotta you got to go online. Got to plan. Yeah. You have to buy your parking mm-hmm. before. And if you don't, if you can't buy parking, maybe we should talk to the people at Cardinal Gibbons. I'm sure there'll be some spots over there. Maybe. They'll be they'll be selling. Maybe you know that Youth Center Drive will probably have some open lawns that you can go park and pay to park. But hey, you got to we we're trying to avoid DefCon Beyonce here. This is what we're trying to avoid: abandoned cars on forty, abandoned cars on forty. Of people who could not get anywhere near Carter Finley Stadium mm-hmm. to get into the show to see Beyonce, so we need to avoid that DefCon level. That's our only goal this weekend. If we could play a role in helping the NHL <laughs> avoid <laughs> DefCon, baby, we'll be good. You know what we didn't have back then? Lime scooters. Mm. I'm just they saying they would have made a they would have made a ton that day. I'm just saying. May I suggest to you, if you haven't... We did have rickshaws, though, I believe. If you haven't purchased parking, why don't you get yourself downtown somewhere, get on a lime scooter, and boogie on down to Carter-Finley Stadium? One downside is... Make plans. Who says no? Well, the one downside is they those things stop working after 11 p.m. Yeah, find an Uber back. (laughs) Yeah, they do do stop working. Make better plans than Joe right now. (laughs) What? Why don't you just Uber back? True. Also... Uber's fine. If you're not going to oh, a game, can you imagine the surge pricing on the Uber after the oh game? Oh my gosh! I might. Like, it How might be this? cheaper to get an Uber helicopter. How about this? We keep talking about this pregame. Yeah, I am telling you, sir. It's the post. We are missing an opportunity in this yeah. postgame. Yeah, you, you and I. Let's get that solo stove out there. Yeah, Adam Gold, you get the roadcaster. Mm-hmm. Cox is on that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Gold's got bundles of wood. He's already axed up out there, looking like Captain America ripping it apart out in Oxford on his farm. I mean, Gold's got that old man strength. What? You, you we need to do an official post game. You didn't want. You didn't want we, and I think Paul might be listening we, to the stream right now. We need an official post game. You didn't want the visual of Gold shirtless ripping open. No, no, I'm good. Ripping open wood like Captain America. 
I'm down for it. All right. You can tell old man strength, man. He's got he's got all that time out in Oxford.